0: Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the first ever mini series here on Husker Sports Weekly. This is episode one of what we call Rapid Reactions, where Grant Hansen, my partner, and myself, Connor Clark, will give you our first reactions and thoughts of each and every Husker game this year the day after each Husker contest. You can expect episodes in the series to be about a half an hour on the long end, uh, with this just being a brief episode revealing how. We feel about the Huskers after a good night's rest, or depending on what the result is of the previous day. So week one started off with a ton of excitement as after 10 months and 25 days, the Huskers were finally back out on the playing field against an arguably the best team in college football in Ohio State. And we knew it was going to be a tough road challenge, and a tough road challenge it was. We will give our thoughts on what good thing happens what bad things happened, and what things we wish never happened. So let's dive right into it. So Grant, what good things, what bad things, and what other things did you see on Saturday against Ohio State?
1: You know, as I look at the the performance, I think one good thing is that, you know, for 27 minutes, we competed with arguably the second or the best, we'll find out I guess when this year's done, uh, team in the nation. You know, we were right there with them. It was 14 to 14 at one point. Uh, before you know, bad went to worse after the, after that delay of game penalty. It was a 17-14 lead for Ohio State, uh, and a delay of game penalty set the Huskers back. They go three and out. Ohio State scores is 24-14 at the end of the half. Things snowballed from there. Uh, but I think that's one really good thing is just like, hey, like we can compete. Like we proved for 27 minutes we can compete. And I I think the hardest part for Husker fans is, you know, by the end of the game, and yeah, I was probably closer to 45-17 than 52-17. But, you know, the end of the game was pretty much what we expected. But I think the hardest part for Husker fans is we proved for the first half that we could compete and potentially win this thing. And then that team just totally disappeared. And so I think that was probably the hardest thing. Um, but, on, but on the good side, you know, like I said, we were there, we competed. I felt like our front seven really impressed me. I thought, you know, that was a lot better than we than I expected. Ben Stilley struggled early with a, kind of a cramp uh, or some sort of thigh injury that he suffered uh, early in the ball ballgame. Uh, but you look at Will Honus and Colin Miller in there, both of them with seven total tackles. Honus had six solos. Uh, Honus had two sacks, two tackles for a loss. I believe Stilly had a sack as well. And a couple t- TFLs spread out there among that defensive line. I thought that was way better than I expected. Now the secondary, and we'll get more into the secondary um, probably in, in the uh, Thursday episode of the show when we start talking about Wisconsin. But the secondary was kind of another area where I was like really surprised by how poor... The secondary was in comparison to what we expected going in uh but on the good side again my two positives i'm taking away that we competed when we did we had a better fight than we did last year uh for one and for two our front seven on the defensive end felt solid
0: yeah i'm gonna agree with you on the good stuff i mean the offense was able to move the ball that was one thing that i was very pleased with something i wasn't expecting as much from this offense but They were able to to move the ball pretty well, especially in that first half. I mean, we saw the first drive with that big run from Luke, and Martinez was moving the ball with his legs and his arm pretty effectively as well. So, And I like the quick start as well. I like how we got the ball first and we put it in the end zone. I mean, that's what you want to do when you get the ball first, after winning the toss as well, so choosing to get the ball first. And as you said, the front seven, the run defense was a lot better than I was anticipating um, coming into this game. They got pretty good pressure on Justin Fields at times, got a couple of sacks in there, which uh, against a really good offensive line that Ohio State possesses, that's something really, really positive to look at coming out of this game, um, despite the final score. Um, and I mean, we can carry that over to next week. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how this team grows from this, from this loss, because I, I forgot who said it in a press conference, but it was one of the players, and it's great that we got to play Ohio State first because this is a great baseline test. And as Grant said, we hung with them for, we were really competitive for 27 minutes out of this game. And right. maybe even then some, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say the team disappeared, maybe on the defensive side, but uh, I still liked what the offense was able to do, or some things that the offense was able to do in the second half. Some of the bad things, obviously the fumbles on progressive drives, Adrian and Luke, Uh, up the ball at a couple of important points in the game. Adrian's was returned for a touchdown, which really blew the game wide open. That made it 31, 17, go Mm -hmm. to 38, 17, um, in, in the blink of an eye there in the second half. And then Luke, um, I mean, he was in for that drive. He was the quarterback. He was the guy for that drive and they were moving the ball. I mean, I believe they were in the, inside the 35 yard line of Ohio state. They were in Ohio state territory pretty, pretty well. Um, and he, he coughed up the ball, which was pretty costly as well. So those were a couple of negatives. Uh, penalties, also a couple of negatives. I know a lot of people are saying the refs were bad in that game, but I there were definitely some self-inflicted wounds um, for Nebraska against Ohio State in that game. Um, and then the secondary, as you mentioned, Fields. I mean, yes, he's a Heisman, Heisman finalist, but he only had one incompletion yesterday. Um, he was slinging the ball like he uh he never stopped playing football, and that one incompletion probably should have been a completion, Um right. As Boodle broke that up late in the end zone, which was and, a good and that was a
1: great play by him, and probably the one positive thing I think for the secondary. But like as you look at that side of the ball, things were really interesting in that like and there, there are a couple of things we don't know, right? Like, a lot of fans were disappointed in the down the lack of a downfield passing game, uh, or the fact that McCaffrey got most of the carries or, uh, I'm raising my hand, right? I mean, that Mills and McCaffrey were close in, in the amount of carries that they had, uh, or on the defensive side of the ball, you know, more specifically with the secondary that we were giving up as much that we were, you know, as far as we weren't playing them tight. We were giving them a lot of yardage Every time they got a catch, there was, you know, nobody within five yards of them for a Husker defender. Um, and part of that could have just been, hey, look, we got a really, really great quarterback with a really great really, great offensive line and a bunch of really good receivers. And so the chance that we're going to be able to pressure fields is pretty low, right? This is hopefully maybe Coach Shenander's thought process, right? Uh, chance that we pressure him is pretty low. So we can't necessarily press up and stay with these guys for the whole time. So let's give them space and not get burned deep, which still managed to happen a couple <laughs> of times um despite the space that was given up but that could have been the strategy or is this the strategy that we're going to be face- seeing defensively for the rest of the year that's another question that is probably a little bit more concerning for me because I would like to see us play these guys a l- play a little bit tighter I would like to think we have that ability uh but again it's just like well even on the offensive side of that same conversation right like why did we not see passes of longer than 20 yards very often why did we not uh give the ball off to dedrick mills more often you said over and over in the press conferences he was going to be the bell cow uh and i still feel like well it definitely could come down to the fact that hey look like this is ohio state we're outmatched at just about every level here why show the rest of the big 10 what we're really gonna be bringing to the table and as far as our playbook as far as you know what Diedrich actually has in the tank what Ronald Tompkins has in the tank what why show that now uh in a game that yeah you're probably not gonna have much of a chance to win
0: yeah, I'll agree with you on the spacing part of the secondary um even if you give them space, I mean it's Ohio State they have a outstanding receiving core I mean you saw some of the catches that were made yesterday, especially that toe tap I forgot who. The, the name of that receiver but that was incredible i mean i can't even be upset at that because that was just an incredible play um but yeah that that's going to happen when you're facing a group of five stars like that especially um under coach ryan day in that in that ohio state offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the country some other things that were like were like the the what the hell moments i guess i guess i'll call them for me Um, That first or that uh, giving up the first down on that third and 13 inside of the five yard line of the Ohio State territory. That was a big one. That was that was a huge one. That would have been an outstanding stop um, early in the second half. And then I I think one word that's going to make every Husker fan shake their head, like just not want to talk about it. Targeting Mm -hmm. lots and lots of targeting. And some of those don't get me wrong. So some of those calls were not good, uh, especially the last one against Williams. That was not good. Um, but Camp Taylor Britt one good call. Um, luckily JoJo Doman didn't get called for it. I thought that was a good overturn as well. But um, the the Deontay Williams one is one that really stuck out, and I know Joel Clatt had a lot to say about that too, and and the right. rule.
1: Yeah, I I think as I. Look back on that game and look at the bad. That's definitely in there. The third and thirteen, giving that up. Oh, that is one hundred percent in oh. there. Third and thirteen, you got Ohio State trapped in their own their own end. At that point, I believe it was thirty eight to seventeen or thirty eight to fourteen. And yeah, you probably weren't going to come back and win at that point. But it was kind of like a pride stop, and you couldn't get it done. I mean, that was and it probably, was a run up the middle, right? It was a draw, and that was probably the one time where I was like, okay, that was bad by our front seven. Yes where I was like, okay, that was horrendous. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, it for this, I think for this game, it kind of comes down to the same things that every Husker game that we've lost has come down to, even and even some of the ones that we've won, has come down to for, like, the entirety of my life. And probably... Which is 18 um, years, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and And probably really since Tom Osborne left. And it's this... We just shoot ourselves in the foot like there's no tomorrow. Like, turnovers all the time. Penalties that kill drives. Uh, An offense that... I mean, this is probably the scariest thing to me about the offense is that literally one penalty on first down or second down, and it's a five-yarder, like a false start, and this offense just kind of blows up. It shuts down.
0: I mean, there's no rhythm Or at least it it. did
1: that night. Uh, And so, you know, it kind of reminds me of... It reminds me of getting a team out of system in volleyball. So for those of you who don't know what that means, right? If you get a team out of system, that's just out of the usual, all right, your DS or your back row is able to pass it up to your setter and then you can get it to which hitter you want, right? You can kind of feel that out in system and not have this kind of situation where you're scrambling, where you're scrambling to get the ball over. You got to roll shot it over or just light hits. Uh, and so that's kind of what it's like for Nebraska in that on the offensive side it really felt like we were out of system. if we got a false start or that delay of game penalty where things really started to roll downhill for the worse uh, we were just screwed I mean absolutely screwed if we set ourselves back at all so that's pretty scary and that and that's kind of been a problem again for the last, 10 years, 10, 15 years, is that, man, when the Huskers put themselves in a hole offensively or when they go negative, it's really hard to overcome penalties. And again, great teams and great offenses, one, don't set themselves the back. But when they do, inevitably, whether it's a bad call or they do make a mistake, they're able to overcome that. And it really didn't look like that was something we were capable of doing, at least against Ohio State on saturday
0: yeah that delay of game that was a drive killer on first down false start penalties also drive killers on first down so it'll be interesting to see how the offense can respond and those two fumbles were absolutely killer
1: i mean yeah and and we talk about that first one with adrian uh
0: it was still a game at that point in my opinion
1: right 31 17 i believe is where that one came right and
0: if you score there you're you're down a touchdown. 24
1: Or it was 31-21. It was, I think it was 31-14. Then you had yeah, the yeah, touchdown yeah. return. But and that, still, and then the then. next drive, Nebraska was able to respond and get the field goal. But still, that's only a 10-point game. <sighs> it comes down to something that Adrian's done, I think, since he came here. And Tommy Armstrong struggled a little bit with this, too. Although for him, it was probably more in the passing game. But where Adrian tries to do too much sometimes, I feel like. And really on that play in particular... Uh, And it felt like this happened with some of the other runners as well, where it was like, just get upfield, just get the yards and worry about the sideline later. Um, But it just, it felt like, especially on that play, Adrian goes, could have taken the two yards and made it third and one, right? But instead he goes backwards trying to get the first down and the risk just doesn't end up paying off for him. Because, you know, just not able to hold on to the ball and then Ohio State scoops it up, takes it the other way. Mm-hmm. Again, like I know 20 twenty twenty, but retrospectively they're I feel like you kinda just need to get the yards. And then you get third and one and then you have a lot of like you saw in Nebraska, if you can get third and one, third and three, you got a lot of a lot of flexibility. You can go Wildcat with Luke McCaffrey, get him running downhill. Uh you can go Dedrick Mills on third and one, or you have Adrian. So you all have you have great rushing ability. If you can get yourself into third and short or third and less than five, you have a lot of flexibility within the offense. Um, We even saw an eye formation yesterday, too. Right, but just not able to do that enough. Right. Uh, Especially when you set yourself back on early downs. Um, It's just – they were just not able to overcome those penalties.
0: Yeah, and when you bring – like, that fumble from Adrian was killer because – after the game, when all of us were talking with everybody that we were watching the game with, um, well, first of all, may I add, it was that, – that first half was pretty fun. Well, it was. Watching it with other people. It was you know, a lot of fun. Getting that first score. But I say we were shorted two to three scores. And, like, not, not by the refs, not by Ohio State, by us. We shorted ourselves two to three scores. I'm going to point one is the most obvious, which is the Cade Warner drop touchdown that went right through his hands. And I, I know Cade Warner, he's, he's been put on a high pedestal after this last offseason, but that's when you got you to gotta catch, especially against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm going to look at the Luke McCaffrey fumble, because that was deeper in Ohio State territory, and they were driving. I mean, Luke was doing a, a decent job at quarterback, and he oh, was yeah. moving the ball with his legs very, very well. And then number three, I'm going to look at the Adrian Martinez uh, fumble that was, that was a scoop and score. So I'm going to look at that and probably give us 17 points. The Warner touchdown, I bet you we would have scored a touchdown on that McCaffrey drive because we were moving the ball. I mean, we were getting first downs and two to three downs every time. And then we were kind of close to midfield when Martinez coughed up the ball, so I'll give us a field goal for that one. So that's 17 points right there. That's doubling our score. And that's all in, I believe, the second half. I I believe the Cade Warner drop was in the second half. Um, so you take that into consideration and you add say two touchdowns and then a field goal so right there that that puts you at 34 it could be 38 if you really wanted to but well no it'll be 31 because we we got the field goal out of that um out of that uh Warner drop so right. it would be 31 but even then still i mean 52 31 sounds a lot better than 52 17
1: yeah, and and you think about that Warner play too, like two things were going on there. Adrian did not have a lot of pressure on him and kind of sailed that ball a little bit. But it was still I mean, it still you had you I mean, saw the replay from the back of the end yeah, zone, right? right? And Kate right Cade had that tri- Cade had that triangle, right, that you're looking for to catch the ball and it goes right through.
0: I don't I personally do not fault Adrian for that one.
1: No, I I don't really either. Like if it hits you in the hands, it doesn't matter to me like really how far off the throw is if it finds your hands or your hands can get to it and you know you didn't you didn't follow through um like that i mean that that's kind of on you i think at that point but i'm just trying to find nebraska's red zone efficiency from last year
0: uh while you're trying to find that i'm gonna i think i've got it here okay
1: I believe it was 38 times in the red zone, and scored 51 points. I don't know. It looks like the the stats, the stats on this from the website for Nebraska looks funky. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to do here because it says attempts dash scores, and they said 38 for 51, which is a ridiculous. Or 51 for 38, which is not a real stat. Uh, <laughs> so it must be 51 points. Not sure. Regardless, Nebraska struggled in the red zone last year a lot. You think about that Wisconsin game, too, um, from Purdue. last year. Purdue. Just not able to finish off drives, either turning it over on downs, intercept, w- whatever it is. Yesterday, they were 3-for-3. Three three. So that, that was a positive that I thought that came out of it. Like right, when yeah. we got in the red zone, we, we were able to score.
0: Yeah, and I again, going back to the offense, I really liked the way that they moved the ball, especially in that first half, and take away those two fumbles. I think it's a different story. And no way am I saying I think we would have won the game, take away those two fumbles, but it definitely been a, a, would have been a much better performance all around for this offense. And kind of going back, I was really surprised going back and looking at the stats this morning. 36 rushing attempts to 20 passing attempts between the two quarterbacks. Adrian went. Uh, 12 of 15 for 105 yards, and he rushed the ball 13 times and had 85 yards on the ground. So that's a lot. He led the team in carries. That's your starting quarterback leading the team right. in carries. And Luke McCaffrey threw the ball five times, completed four of them for 55 yards. He had a 94.1 QBR, which that's, I mean, for what for what he was in for, I'll give it to him. What concerns me, and I don't even know if I can call this a concern, but something that I didn't like as much was the amount of attention or not attention, but the amount of carries Dedrick Mills and Wandale robinson were were given Mills had nine carries for twenty five yards yes, he did score, but his production was very, very low yesterday, and Wandale Robinson only was six receptions for forty nine yards i Wandale Robinson was the best player on offense last year, like no question right. we need to see more of Wandale robinson and if if we want to compete in these games. And it may go back to the point that you were saying, well, maybe we don't want to show everything because we really don't have a shot in winning this game, which is something personally I I don't like, but it's a smart play.
1: I think that's what it has to be. I mean, because either way, it look, it's bad probably. I mean, if that is all we have, that's probably not great. But you know, if you think about it as, listen, like eight, hey, we have eight games for one, regular season games. Plus maybe a bowl, plus that championship week, right? Right. And so, if you already have an oversimplified offense because of the COVID issues that we've had, and you haven't been able to install as much, and you have only have so many plays— because Wandale is not a deep threat, right? Wandale is about getting him in space and finding just some shorter routes to hit, Right. So, if you have certain plays that you want for that, why show anything more than the swing passes? Which is basically all he got was the swing right. passes.
0: Well, I I liked it when he came out of the backfield, too, last year. Like, when he got carries, he made things happen.
1: Yeah, I, I like that, too. Um, I don't think he's going to get as much this year, and that's fine. Right. I think Ronald Tompkins looked good and the carries. Oh, yeah. Had. No, I did like how he I, looked You know, as, as having him as a one-two punch with Mills, I think, is good. Right. Um. So I don't know if you really need Wandale back there, but he provides a really good distraction. That was one thing we used a lot against Ohio State was, yeah, sometimes we got McCaffrey back there. Sometimes we got Mills back there. Sometimes we got Robinson. I think that's okay sometimes, uh, but I just I feel like at a certain point we're going to have to decide what we want to be, and it's hard to find an identity on offense when you're kind of switching guys around all the time. And, again, and again, maybe it's just, hey, we don't want to show our identity yet because of the limited time and stuff that we have. Maybe that's it. But I just – can we win games basically with two quarterbacks and them running all the time and not throwing it deep down the field?
0: No. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say absolutely not. That's where especially, I'm at, too. Especially in the Big Ten. I feel like we could have taken deep shots yesterday. Just when we're behind, I mean, like – even when we were behind 45-17, to 17, like, why, and this is why I don't like the, well, let's not show all our cards yet to the rest of the Big Ten because we have no shot at winning this game. When you're Nebraska, and I'm kind of, this is kind of a, a national, like, kind of headline to a position that national outlets are taking. But if you're Nebraska, you're, you are the main push to get Big Ten football back and yes Ohio State helped you and that was a big part of it but if you're in Nebraska and you helped push this process along and got Big Ten football back into the NCAA for this year why are you coming out and hopefully this isn't true but why are you coming out and saying well if we don't have a very good chance of playing or of winning this game and you go down three, three to four scores why are you just laying down and not showing everything because if you're Nebraska, you need to you need to you need to show like we wanted football, so we're here to play football. we're not just gonna be strategic about it because we don't have as much time to do that too,
1: yeah, no, I understand that i just i I don't think this that will continue past this week, you know what I, I'm saying I hope not you know like if that was the strategy, continuing it past this week doesn't make a whole lot of sense right. because. Once you get into next week, you're facing a Big Ten West opponent in Wisconsin, and next week there's a lot of stakes. Like with the Minnesota loss and with the way Minnesota yeah, looked that, against Michigan that last is night, huge. This Wisconsin game has a lot riding on it. So
0: and the spread is only nine as of Sunday. Right.
1: And so why would why would you at that point like yeah, let's just throw pull all the stops out, let's go because yeah, Purdue won without more. So that's interesting, but Iowa doesn't look that hot. Technically, Purdue didn't look that hot either. <laughs> Penn State lost to Indiana on a kind of fluky play, and yeah, Penn State outgained them, but they turned yeah. the ball over like crazy. Penn State definitely outplayed them. Um,
0: Indiana made the plays when they needed to.
1: So, like, if you believe that you have the players to win the West, and you just need some people to fall off a little bit, you got the little bit of fall off, right? And so, yeah, this was a big week for for West opponents. I mean if you look at this Wisconsin game it it really kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year uh, in a lot of ways
0: well because we're lucky we played an east opponent Minnesota's lucky they played an east opponent Iowa and Purdue or I guess Iowa's kind of screwed over because they played a west opponent so they're already behind in the race uh, Wisconsin played a west opponent so they're cream of the crop as we expected in the west um, mm-hmm. Graham Mertz was phenomenal last Friday night but this is this is gonna be a big week for Nebraska, and if they can, yeah. I think it'll be a close game. I know both of us in the preseason show said we were gonna lose this game against Wisconsin, and we'll get more in depth in this on when our episode comes out on Friday, previewing the game. But this is gonna be a big week, like, and if you're right. th- this is the time to say, let's cut it loose, like go. Yes,
1: <laughs> no, I I think again, holding things back during the Ohio State game if you're down makes sense doing it against Wisconsin, or really any opponent going forward doesn't. Right. Because you're not you're not in that situation again. Like, I don't really believe, other than maybe on the O-line side against Wisconsin, that we are really going to come up to a team where we we, we just not. We're not going to be, unless we play Ohio State again somehow, we are not going to be as outmatched as we were on Saturday. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, it doesn't really make sense to do anything – hold anything back mm-hmm. this next week
0: and just the the big things that everybody's worried about is the Cam taylor britain deontay williams ejections that'll hold hold through the first half of that game next week against wisconsin so i mean we we saw some good we saw some bad but uh overall this team is better than they were last year yep that's true i i think everybody can agree on that this team is definitely better than they were last year and i'm pretty excited to watch them next week i mean yeah, we lost and yeah, it was frustrating to lose, but the bright spots within this team are really are really promising and I think that this team is a very high ceiling. So, I think that'll do it for us on episode 1 of Rapid Reactions. The Huskers drop week 1 against the Buckeyes on the road 52 to 17. They'll be back in action on Saturday at 2:30 p.m. on Halloween to host the Big 10 West leading wisconsin badgers so we will have a new episode of husker sports weekly out for everyone on friday october 30th previewing that huskers badgers game as well as the rest of week two for the rest of the big 10 conference so thank you all for tuning in hope you enjoy this mini series that we got bringing uh to you over this nebraska football season and maybe we'll do some more mini series in the future so Those are our reactions of Nebraska and Ohio State week one. We'll be back on Friday with episode 17 of Husker Sports Weekly previewing Wisconsin and Nebraska. And don't forget to check out Husker Sports Weekly on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar. And follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly for more Husker updates and Big Ten news. So thank you all for tuning in. And you'll hear us on Friday. Go Big Red.